0: Hello and welcome to Cousin Chat, where we talk about what matters. I'm your host, Donna Pazant. And today we are talking about marrying later in life. And also, well, we'll see where this goes. (laughs) (laughs) So joining me for this chat today is Melanie Austin Balafucha. Melanie, say hello to the people. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on Cousin Chat. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, one of the things that I think concern some singles who are older is uh, the idea of marriage and that it possibly might not ever happen. But for you, it did happen. If you don't mind me asking how well, they already know what the topic is. So I can ask you, how old were you when you got married? I think I I was 36. Okay. So was there a, any time dur- during your singleness that you were concerned or I don't want to say fearful but you might have been concerned about maybe marriage not happening for you? Yes.
1: I think I was I felt that way most of my life. Um I'm of a generation where Things happened in the 90s, Rockefeller laws and what have you. Like when I landed in college, women outnumbered men, what's it like seven to one? At least African American women outnumbered African American men seven to one at the college, at the college level. And I attended Howard University. Loved it, but it did, it was, it was definitely palpable in terms of this the notion that there was a man shortage. So that's that notion of scarcity, there was always this undercurrent of nervousness. Uh, as a kid, the game that I hated the hated the most was musical chairs. I hated that. Like, we're running around trying to make, you know, you don't end up as the person that didn't get a chair. Um, I don't like, I don't like that feeling as a kid. I hate that game. I don't like playing it. And I felt like my whole dating life was that. And, it was, there was a part of me that was just uncomfortable with that whole notion. Um, but I've always, landing in college during that era where the, the the ratio was so drastic. My sister's four grades behind me and her, the ratio wasn't as bad when she was in school. She also went to Howard. So it was just this, this frenzy around it that kind of infected my attitude toward dating. And I wish I could go back and relive those years differently, but then I wouldn't know what I know now. So I guess guess it's all worth it.
0: That's right. And so, since you did marry later in life, and you said there was some kind of, you know, there was a little anxiety about when is it going to happen, if it's going to happen. Did you also have concerns about having children? Was that something that you thought about?
1: Yes, when I. My first job out of undergrad, I worked for a consulting company, and one of my friends, one of my co-workers, her father was a pretty well-renowned OBGYN. gyn and he mentioned to us that the body starts to, de- your fertility starts to decline at age 25. The body is meant to produce children between the ages of 15 and 25, and at 25, your your fertility begins to decline, and by 33 or 34, you would be considered, you have what be considered geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. And the notion of that, like and hearing that information, and I was already 25, just added to that, that anxiety around, I wanna have the healthiest baby possible, you know, African American women and uh, mortality, and pregnancy, just all those things were kind of in the back of my head a little bit. Um, I know that my mother had me, she was just shy of her 28th birthday, and she was one of the last one of ones of her friends to have kids. So once I crossed over 28, then I was really concerned. Um, I, I judged my markers by my parents. How old were they when they met? How old were they when they got married? Like they met on the first day of college they got married when they were 24 they had me at 28 and the only reason there was such the 24 to 28 there was four years in be- almost four years in between was because of the vietnam war um my dad got drafted late they just they weren't physically in the same place but, so i just had this timetable in my head of when these things should happen and um in my early 20s it looked like those things were going to happen and then they didn't they just you know they were always concerned about
0: about those things i think a lot of um women have those concerns and some men too not so much about having ch- well maybe about having children too i mean it, it it could be a concern for singles in general who are single longer than they had hoped or had ever thought and so they could uh you know develop some anxiety about is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen you know' be the
1: right
0: why hasn't, yeah and why hasn't it happened? you know do you think that society puts pressure on people who are single after a certain age to get married or you know or you know well when are you gonna have kids? do you think that that is a pressure that is put on people sometimes? Oh for sure for sure
1: um, We're fortunate to live in a New York metropolitan area where it can be more acceptable to be single and be childless longer or forever um i i have friends that live in other cities where that's just not as acceptable um let's say you live in the place that's a major city like richmond virginia where people over the age of 28 tend to be married and tend to have kids and that's the social set and you, you're the you know the single woman at the party there weren't might not be as many past a certain age. um i think We are fortunate to live in a part of the country where there's more to do, and it's more socially acceptable, and you're not considered like the third wheel or some odd man out in a social setting if you're there, you're single or childless or what have you. But there's there's always pressure in society to go the next step. Okay, so you got married. Okay, when do you have kids? You have a kid. You have another one. Okay, now your kids are in college and they're getting out of college. When you have a grandbaby, like. But there's always people want to know what's next. I think we as a society don't focus a lot on enjoying and savoring whatever life stage you're in right now. I did not savor being single as much as I could have. Mm-hmm. i like, great guys. I had great times. Like I didn't have this jaded, bittering experience of being single. Like I enjoyed my life. I could have enjoyed it more if I wasn't so focused on equivalent sex. know, I was married for three years and change when my son was born. And a a big chunk of that time was focused on when we're going to have a baby and how to have a baby and the logistics of that. Uh, I wish I enjoyed, I could have savored more of the time of us just being married without a child but so much of that time was focused on okay you got married late so you need to get to it and then it wasn't as easy as I thought and now we got you know doctors and a team of guys and white coats trying to help make this happen and just everything was just focused on the next thing the next thing the next thing and as opposed to really truly savoring and enjoying whatever stage of life I think that's one of my one of the things I wish I had done more.
0: Right. And I think sometimes, you know, when you're on a journey like this, some people just don't know what to say. You right. know, they just say things that are so inappropriate. They ask questions that can be very sensitive. And I uh, don't know why people do that. And, and they think that it's just regular conversation. Oh, so when are you going to have some kids? But they don't know if the person has really been trying and just wasn't able yet you know, right. and so that that that's one thing that I wish people would be more aware of, the possibility like, run through all the possibilities in your head before you, you know, ask a question like that. Right. Have they been trying I wonder if they, well, since I don't know I won't ask that question. Right. You know I mean? Have like, somebody
1: tell you, have to forced to tell you that they're, that they may be unable to have children or there could be a just different things going on and people ask me all the time why don't I have another child
0: right?
1: sometimes I just say you know I'd love that and just we keep just so I don't have to have a, a conversation around it sometimes it depending on the relationship I have with the person, like do you know how much money we spent to have this one you know like it, oh I was, like I joke around I'll say things like, if they sell if they you could just go buy one and write it I would get another one that'd be great but um it, it is I've, have to stop myself in doing that. I'm so conditioned that way. Mm-hmm. Colleagues that I know have been married for a while, I refuse to ask them when they're going to do. I refuse. Now, if they yeah. bring the conversation to me and want to talk to me, it's my so right. right Go ahead. But I can't. Like I, I have to fight the instinct to ask them about their 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 life decisions if they have a child. When we go have another. I stop myself because. We've been conditioned to do that. I don't know, maybe it's, it's within the African-American community, the African-American community, the church-going kind, where there's always someone older in your church is going to say something that completely crosses a boundary, but you're so used to that because you've been living that your whole life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where an old lady in church is just going to fix you and, and, and fix your slip. But literally, they're not going to ask you permission. So I grew up without a whole lot of boundaries in terms of I was raised by a village. The village will ask questions; you will answer their questions. It is what it is. They love you, so it's coming from a place of love. Right. Deal with it.
0: Um, And I think the 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 idea that we know it's coming from a place of love is what keeps you from responding in a way that is offensive, even though you might feel offended by the way that they ask the question, but uh that's that's it right there that you know we respect our elders so right. well we are of that generation that respects our elders right and so you're right They they have no boundaries they'll come fix that slip Turn you know move that skirt over to the center they'll do whatever they have to do
1: you're, you're just going to deal with that and then for those of us who are members of organizations sororities or what have you where they're women of different generations that spend time together you just, it's, it's a place of love. You accept that. And sometimes the, the questions will be outside of your comfort zone, but you go with it. But I'm trying, that's something I definitely work on to make sure that I, I try not to violate that with other people. I fall short. I do. I, I tend to fall short. Because once, I, yeah, I do. But well, I, you
0: know, I, honestly, I think some people really, just genuinely want to know you know so you've been married now they don't say this but like in their minds they might be thinking well they've been married for at least like two two and a half years now i wonder when they're going to have a kid and then they really want to know but i think it's kind of one of those things where it's a slippery slope it's like i want to ask her but Mm, what if it's, Fair. you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't Fair. know what they've been through. You don't know what the story is, but you still want to know because out of love, you know, just genuine curiosity. But I think sometimes it's also the delivery in which. So here's
1: one. And we do that with people our own age. Like, it's not just older people asking these questions.
0: People right.
1: Eating over a certain amount of time. When you're from and the assumption in that that the woman is waiting for the man to ask her, or maybe she doesn't want to marry him, maybe she doesn't want to get married at all, maybe she's content with things the way they are. Sometimes we just project it to a situation that every woman is waiting for this man to ask her to marry him, and that means that would be we have to give room for. There are so many different ways to live this life, and to be happy in this life, and I think. Accepting that and embracing that will help people be more um, thoughtful in how they address one another. I do tend to overstep my bounds in the case of fertility because I did have so much difficulty and I spent a lot of money and I've learned things the hard way and I had some heartbreaks along the way, both before my son was born and since he's been born, where I wish someone had said eggs gonna do to me. Um, you know, we don't have conversations a lot about, have you thought about freezing some eggs? Have you thought about freezing some embryos? And that's a whole nother process because now you're picking sperm to freeze embryos. Freezing eggs is one thing, and but to have your viability goes up by freezing a fertilized embryo. People have difficulty with that. Like, um, you know my own family. I have a family member who hires a child from where the father's from is from and that it, as a family, the questions that came from that, the boundary crossing questions that came from that process, the assumptions about her sexuality, the assumptions about all these other things. It was just, I want to have a baby. The clock is getting long. I can't put that kind of pressure on my dating life and try to force or rush into a a relationship with someone. And the stakes of that are very high as well. This is what I can do. This is the way I want to become a man, and accepting that. That's that's challenging.
0: And see something like that, like for the generation before us, like our parents, like that's something that is not was not even a possibility and if it was they didn't know about it that that's not even something that was explored that wasn't an option you know and so I think sometimes too because people don't understand a person's comfortability with say being single or with having a child without a spouse they because they can't fathom it it doesn't you know, they don't feel like it's in a position to ask about it because this is what worked for right. them, right. you know? So why aren't you going this route? You're you know? a pretty girl.
1: Why would you need to go to a, a sperm bank to have a baby? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: And they don't, they did because the, and, and then there in lies, you know, the, because you did it this way does not mean that that is the way that everybody's going to do it. You know, yeah. that worked for you then. Who knows what you would have done now with all these different options. Suppose you hadn't found your spouse. Suppose You know, me, you know but I, I, I do think they want what's best for, you know, everybody that they're, you know, talking to. But for sure, I think but there's, there's definitely this pressure to put
1: people do tend to inject their own values, their own standards into other people's lives. Because, but it comes with a place where I want to be happy. This is what made me happy. If you do it this way,
0: hopefully you'll be happy. Um, Right. It made me happy. mm -hmm. So it should make you happy. Right. You know, are you sure you could be happy without being married? Are you sure you could be happy without kids? Are you sure? Well, you say that now, but you never, I mean. What I have learned is happiness. Yes, there are
1: some key pieces to happiness that, We can't control, but I think a lot of it, more of it is, happiness is more of a choice than I thought it was. And it took me to get to a a later place in my life to realize that a lot of this is about deciding what, to be happy and and, and that you control a big chunk of your happiness. I didn't, I spent a big part of my life not understanding, and now I, I do, um, I spent a big chunk of my life chasing what's next instead of enjoying what is. Um, being in the moment. Being in the moment. I spent a big chunk of my life with this fear, this nagging fear of what's not going to happen. And and then the, it, there was a shift somewhere in there. I don't, well, one of my good friends talked, talked a lot about God and abundance. But there's so much in life that the blessings will receive that will make you happy. And while for some people, husband, children, marriage, that's that's a big part of it. But, or that the notion of soulmates, that you want to get one. That there's an abundance in that. That you will find you can have that connection with more than one person. Um, I was in a relationship in my early 20s, and I thought there was this person I was going to marry. He asked me to marry him. We were engaged. Um, it didn't work out. But the notion that I would find that again, and yet again, I wasn't, I didn't realize it until I lived it a couple times minute! I've had that soulmate experience a couple times. Um, I've had some really great people in my life. Like, just it took it took me a while to to realize that, and then if for some reason that either this marriage doesn't work out or one of us passes on, the notion that either one of us could then experience this again, that is um, that's important. I mean, I in my family, my parents, I think, were very much so soulmates. Um, my mother passed away twenty years ago, and. A year and a half ago, my father remarried. So he remarried at seventy-four. Like there's abundance in that, and he dated great people in between my mother's passing and marrying my stepmother. But um uh, you will see that blessing again, and that that hope and that faith of this can still happen. I think that's important.
0: So staying right where you are. I want you to, if you could, because um, this is what I was going to say next, but you kind of already started. For those singles who are older and who really are anxious about, you know, is this ever going to happen for me? You know, why hasn't it happened for me? You know, God, what, 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 what is happening? Why haven't you sent him? Or why haven't you sent her? Um, what advice, what suggestions would you have for them? Because you've said so many great things you know, about what worked for you. But what what would you tell them, you know, in terms of just being all right with your single journey, like in your singleness right now, until it happens? What would what you think them?
1: I think there's some things that you can't control, but there's something you can control. You can't sit in the house watching Netflix talking about Lord, when you're gonna send my name. Unless he's a game, with, game with repair guy, I don't know how that's going to work for you. That you have to get, be about the business of really enjoying your life. Because people are, trapped, are attracted to people that are, are really enjoying their life. They're doing things to make them happy. Um, I think you got to go where people would be, where you're going to meet new people to extend yourself to be. And I'm not saying to be out on every tender and every app there is, but I, I found great luck with the online world. Now, let me, be, let me let me specify. I used online dating to meet people, but then I got to know them in real life. Yeah, I've identified the person I want to meet and eat the coffee or go out for for you know a safe little meetup or whatever. But then I didn't spend my time interacting with them online, building some sort of fantasy relationship. Like I identified you. Now we're gonna move into real life. Like people get caught up in their most of their relationship is email and communication, talking. Like if I'm not interacting with you face to face, there's no point. I used the computer to help me identify single people that were in my area that might be interested in things I like and found me reasonably attractive, and I found them reasonably attractive. That was it. It was just for the identification for Not for the actual trying to build a relationship for mm-hmm. um, Getting out, just. I, I went through a period of time where I was so stressed out about getting married. And I said, you know what? I don't want to think about getting married. I want to have a good time. So I want to date dudes that don't. <laughs> like, I was not looking for that. I was not in that eHarmony frame of mind. And then I went through a phase of, I'm just going to do this. And I had a blast. And then I made a decision one day. I said, you know what? Okay, now I want to date with the intention of actually having a meaningful relationship. Mm -hmm. Happened too. Like when I made the decision, I didn't want want X, Y, and Z. I, I got what I wanted and life was great. And when I made the decision, okay, I want to be more This is what I want, and trying to manifest that in my life. I met my husband shortly after that. And that may be coincidence, that may be luck, but I stopped trying to control it all. Mm -hmm. I wanted to put myself in a position to meet people. I was open to meeting people. My husband showed up in a different package than what I I expected. That's a big piece.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I got there, man, a woman has their list. Of what they're looking for what this person looks like what they, what they do for a living how much money they make what their family looks like where they come from and i started with this long list in my 20s and then i had to kind of it to what do i absolutely need after that?
0: right
1: And for the most part i got that mm-hmm. I was surprised about the things i didn't think to ask for to put on the list like my husband his primary language is not english Didn't think I need to put that on the list. Oh, you know. (laughs)
0: Uh But these are all good things, you know, for people who are, okay, well, let me just uh, say first, thank you all for listening to this episode of Cousin Chat. I really hope that it has encouraged some people who are single and just not knowing what is next and just kind of getting a little impatient, developing anxiety about that hopefully melanie was able to kind of put you at ease a little bit with some of your thinking and um so if you want to follow cousin chat we're on facebook instagram and twitter we're also on youtube that's where you could see the videos and if you would subscribe to the channel that would be great um if you want to hear some of the other podcast episodes you can go to cousinchat.com that's and the links to some other streaming platforms are there like apple spotify google cast breaker stitcher all those uh so you can listen on, the could platform. Be on all of that that's exciting mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen on the platform of your choice but you know we always leave you with something to think about you know something to take away and so the takeaway for me today would be for you singles out there who are older and getting a little antsy because you really do desire marriage, don't sit in, I would say, despair. You know, start, you know, get get in tune with God. Ask him to guide you in your singleness, through your singleness. And just understand that um, if marriage is in the cards for you, then it will happen. If you are asking God for something, make sure that you are preparing yourself for a marriage because, um, you know, if you've been single for a long time, when you, uh, blend with another person, you have to understand it's not all about you anymore. And if this is something that you say you want, really think about what it will entail, you know, when you're tired and don't feel like talking, but you know, you're, your mate or whatever has something they really need to talk about. You can't be selfish, you know, when you want to just watch or you want to just be in your own space, you know, because you're used to that. And they have something that, you know, they want to come and sit next to you. <laughs> you can't be like, oh my God, you again? <laughs> you know, you, you, know, you got to. So think about I'm it. I definitely that person. <laughs> you said you were? I was definitely that
1: person. I, <laughs> I'm a loner by nature so you know marriage is not I would say it's not a natural state of being for me. So but so, like,
0: for for a lot of people I mean some people like think okay, that okay this is what I want but just think about everything that it entails prepare yourself and try to kind of be what it is that you're asking for. Like you don't want to put expectations out there that you couldn't even live up to. You know, in right. terms of the mate that you want God to bring you. Um, uh, Melanie, do you have anything to add to the takeaway?
1: Um, I think the biggest piece is just to, to enjoy your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can never be too financially prepared to join your life with somebody else. And just, so working on yourself mentally, physically, what have you, but financially, you um, and being ready for joining your life financially with somebody is, is something that I think I was less prepared for. I think that's, that's definitely, that's a whole nother chat.
0: Mm-hmm. But that That's part of that whole preparation piece. Like, you know, when you, and I've said on here several times, if you ask God for something, you know, be be prepared, like be ready because he can deliver, you know, he can definitely deliver, but you want to be ready. You mm-hmm. know, you want to be ready. And so I'm doing it. That's Melanie. And until we come back to our next cousin chat, please, please think about all of that. All right. Be blessed, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.